0: 3AM Tales of Terror contains explicit content. Listener discretion is advised.
1: Hi, and welcome to another episode of... 3 a.m. Tales of Dare, if I can get my mic straight. (laughs) Um, I'm Jamie, and...
0: This is Keeney.
1: Yeah, and we want to apologize, mainly me, because I was sick as a dog last week. Slack! And I sounded, I mean, I probably still sound pretty rough, I don't know, but I know I still have a nasty cough, and... uh,
0: I mean, if, are you asking if your voice sounds rough?
1: (laughs) I don't want your answer. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> but uh no i i said that i sounded like a man last week i sounded pretty bad and then i in turn got him sick but he heals faster than me so stronger <laughs> yeah so but i'm back and i'm i'm better and i don't think i'm 100 percent, but i'm here so
0: i mean you couldn't have been worse <laughs> roasted
1: oh my god <laughs> so this week um, we're gonna tell you the story of the Benny. Oh my God, Benny. The Benny in the Chants. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> the Betty and Barney Hill abduction. So um, we can just hop right into it because we're gonna go through. Um, if you know this story, then you know that's cool. We, we maybe we'll tell you some stuff that you don't know. Um, but it's literally a UFO abduction, so it's not really like scary, scary. I mean, unless you just don't like aliens, then it might be.
0: I mean, some people are genuinely afraid of extraterrestrials and not being alone. Which, my whole thing is, I'd be ten times more scared if we were the only ones. I'd be like, whoa, man. I know. (laughs) On this giant rock in space of nothingness. So
1: you believe in UFOs?
0: Oh, dude, there's got to be aliens.
1: I know. I believe in them, too.
0: Okay, so as a Christian. Oh, boy, here we go. (laughs) As a Christian, for God being almighty and all-powerful, right? Mm -hmm. And really any God that you believe in, in any religion, you're telling me he only made one species. Come on.
1: Well, he made—he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. He made the animals, too.
0: Well, but he only made us on planet Earth. Come on.
1: Yeah, I don't... There's a whole universe. There well, could be think, people in the Milky Way. There could be people... we
0: well, got to think. So, the Hubble telescope can only see as far as light has traveled? hmm So, endlessness, infinity is getting bigger every second. Yeah. So, infinity is getting bigger. It doesn't make any sense. Anyway, totally different. But...
1: But, yeah. So, we're going to talk about how... Ben- Barney oh my god, their names together I can't Betty Betty and Barney. (laughs) Betty and Barney Hill were abducted and we're so we're pretty much gonna talk about like a background on them, the sighting that they saw, the aftermath of that sighting, and then reports from certain like from the air force and stuff or to the air force and stuff. Then the dreams that Betty had. The missing time that they both uh, endured. Their their hypnosis sessions. They had some hypnosis therapy sessions that they both did. And then, yeah, pretty much. That's pretty much it. And then also. Do you believe in hypnosis therapy? <laughs> I mean, I guess maybe for like certain things. Like I've heard like hypnosis therapy can help with smoking cigarettes. I've, I, I don't know anybody who that's really helped, but I don't. I don't know i you obviously don't because you're shaking your no nah, man
0: i can't get behind hypnosis no Mm-mm.
1: i don't know i feel like i couldn't i don't know
0: i i would i would put like a thousand dollar bounty on whoever could try to hypnotize me i don't think it would happen yeah even with me like trying to be hypnotized i don't i don't think it would happen
1: i think I was scared to death that did a story about um somebody who was hypnotized they went to a show and uh they got hypnotized, and then, like, literally their whole entire life, like, flipped upside down. It was really weird.
0: Well, there was that... Well, we should probably do the story on that, too. I think there was somebody that used hypnosis to, like, get people to kill other people and shit like that, too. Hmm. He was a... or They were a serial killer. I don't remember all the details. They were a serial killer, but they didn't actually do the killing. Yeah. They got other people to do it. I don't know. So they were, like, a puppeteer.
1: Yeah, that's weird.
0: I don't know if it was real, if it was a fucking movie, or if it was a creepypasta... I don't know, man. My memory is all fuzzy.
1: (laughs) Okay, so Betty and Barney Hill. Betty and Barney Hill were an American couple who claimed they were abducted by extraterrestrials in a rural portion of the state of New Hampshire from September 19th to the 20th, 1961. The incident came to be called the Hill Abduction and the Zeta Reticuli Incident, because the star map shown to Betty Hill could possibly be the Zeta Reticuli System, according to some researchers. Their story was adapted into the best-selling 1966 book, The Interrupted Journey, and the 1975 television film, The UFO Incident. Bro. What?
0: The Fallout 3 add-on where you get abducted by aliens is called Mothership Zeta.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay, so... Holy shit,
0: it makes so much sense.
1: So, that that map that they're talking about, there's a whole entire section of them of that I read of it being broken down, and I did not put it in here because... One, it wasn't really part of the story like that I felt because it just, but if you go onto Wikipedia, because this is where I got all my information from, if you feel like you want to know more about it, you can go onto Wikipedia and read how they broke down that map because one, I didn't understand it and that's why I didn't add it in here to begin with and two, it just didn't feel like a important part of the story. So yeah, anyways. The Hills lived in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Barney was employed by the United States Postal Service, while Betty was a social worker. Active in the local Unitarian congregation, the Hills were also members of the NAACP and community leaders, and Barney sat on a local board of the United States Commission on Civil Rights. They were an interracial couple at the time when it was particularly uncommon in the United States. Barney was black and Betty was white. So, and I think they put that information in there, one, because it was the sixties. So that was not a time for anybody to be, I mean, we, there are still people out there that don't, that still don't like interracial couples. I mean,
0: being in the South, I think we see it a lot more.
1: Yeah. The people that don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. They don't. Yeah. So there are still people that don't like it. So, you know, back in the sixties, it was a really big deal that, you know, and I think, I think personally that they made it such a big deal that they were an interracial couple because they probably thought they were crazy to begin with and then now they're crazy for, you know they're crazy for being married to each other and then they have this crazy abduction story that happens and then they I feel like a lot of they do get discounted and at the very end we're going to talk about people who rebutted them and like tried to dismiss what they were saying and what happened to them so
0: well, I mean, yeah. you got to think in the '60s if a white woman was with a black man, that means that she's "quote unquote" trash. Like, you know, yeah, kind of. You know, it's just bad, and
1: yeah, we don't think that.
0: I'm surprised that there's nothing in here about them getting assaulted more often. Right? Because, I mean, it's especially so, well, after. I mean, then again, it's also New Hampshire, so it's different. Like down here,
1: yeah, new yeah, New England, and it, it would have been
0: real bad
1: because New England back wasn't then. like they've never really been bad about that. I mean, yeah. you get past the Mason-Dixon line, that's where you're going to have your issues, which is where we are. So
0: yeah, like the stories we hear about that stuff, like, Ooh, baby. Yeah. According to a variety of reports given by the Hills, the alleged UFO sighting happened at about 10:30 PM, September 19th of 1961. The Hills were driving back to Portsmouth from a vacation in Niagara Falls in Montreal just south of Lancaster, New Hampshire. Betty claimed to have observed a bright point of light in the sky that moved from below the moon and the planet Jupiter. How does she know it was Jupiter?
1: Because when Jupiter is in the sky, it's a very large star. So it could have been, um, in sight when that happened. And when Jupiter, when Jupiter is visible, it is much larger than like when, uh, Venus is visible to us. It's, it's, uh, it's, Almost the size of, like, the North Star, when you can actually see it. It's really big.
0: I just don't understand how we can see even with the planet's flat.
1: Well, (laughs) I... Oh, my God.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry. Upward to the west of the moon. While Barney navigated through U.S. Route 3, Betty reasoned that she is observing a falling star, only it moved upward. Because it moved erratically and grew bigger and brighter, Betty urged Barney to stop the car for a closer look, as well as to walk their dog delci barney stopped at a scenic picnic area just south of twin mountain betty looking through binoculars observed an odd shaped craft flashing multiple colored lights traveling across the face of the moon because her sister had several years earlier said she had seen a flying saucer betty thought it might be what she was observing through binoculars barney observed what he reasoned was a commercial airline traveling toward vermont on its way to montreal However, he soon changed his mind because without looking, as if it had turned, the craft rapidly descended in his direction. The observation caused Barney to realize this object that was a plane was not a plane.
1: The Hills said they continued driving on the isolated road, moving very slowly through Franconia Notch in order to observe the object as it came even closer. At one point, the object passed above a restaurant and signal tower on top of Cannon Mountain and came out near the old man of the mountain. Betty testified that it was at least one and a half times the length of the granite cliff profile, which was 40 feet long, and that it seemed to be rotating. The couple watched as the silent, illuminated craft moved erratically and bounced back and forth in the night sky. About one mile south of Indian Head, they said, the object rapidly descended toward their vehicle, causing Barney to stop in the middle of the highway. The huge, silent craft covered about 80 to 100 feet above the hill's 1957 Chevrolet Bel Air. Great car. And filled the entire field of view within the windshield. It reminded Barney of a huge pancake.
0: 57 Bel Air. Classic.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Beautiful car. Carrying his pistol in his pocket, he stepped away from the vehicle and moved closer to the object. Using the binoculars, Barney claimed to have seen 8 to 11 humanoid figures who were peering out of the craft's windows, seeming to look at him. In unison, all but one figure moved to what appeared to be a panel on the rear wall of the hallway that encircled the front portion of the craft. The one remaining figure continued to look at Barney and communicated a message telling him to stay where you are and keep looking. Barney had a recollection of observing the humanoid forms wearing glossy black uniforms and black caps. Red lights on what appeared to be bat-winged fins began to telescope out of the sides of the craft, and a long structure descended from the bottom of the craft. The silent ship approached what Barney estimated was within 50 to 80 feet, or 15 to 24 meters, for our wrong measurement people, overhead and 300 feet, or 91 meters, away from him. On October 21st, 1961, Barney reported to National Investigations Committees on Aerial Phenomena. Investigator Walter Webb and the beings were somehow not human.
1: They're not wrong in their measurements. They're ju- we're just the we're the ones that are retarded because <laughs> so we are the only ones that use that system. We you know why. Why?
0: Because all the documentation when they were going to send over the metric system to us, the boat got sank, so we never got it.
1: Do you know how much of bullshit that sounds like? It's not that I don't believe <laughs> you. It's just that that sounds like bullshit. I know.
0: <laughs> Stand by oh my god
1: Because doesn't even Canada use that system though? Or is, is does The entire North America Is it just Is it North America as a whole?
0: How pirates block the United States pirates. From adopting the metric system There's pirates. multiple There's multiple things
1: Pirates <laughs> I love pirates
0: Fucking pirates <laughs> Captain Jack Sparrow said Not today Lassie <laughs> Like, oh yeah. So that's that's really like literally the reason why we don't use the metric system.
1: Just pirates. Do we know which pirate?
0: Uh, no. They have the boat. It was like 1793 when they were supposed to bring it over, and his ship got hijacked. It was probably to mess with the United States, so they could be like, "Hey, you know, we only have a kilogram," and they're like, "Oh, well, that's probably a pound." It's not, not the <coughs> same thing. Try oh to avoid taxes or something like that. Oh my god! And Canada's owned by.
1: Yeah, well, you know, people in America like to avoid taxes, like the Chrisleys. I think that's what (laughs) they. I think that's what they're in prison for. Okay, so no, you
0: gotta take their names out. That's just rude.
1: They're famous. Everybody knows they're in prison. Who? The Chrisleys. Who
0: is that? Oh my god. Anyway, just you don't know
1: because you know what is the name of their shows? Um, I used to watch it all the time. Look it up. Just look up Chrisley's show.
0: (sighs) Chrisley knows best. Yes
1: used to watch that show all the time
0: oh aren't they the ones that uh paid all that extra money to have their kids go to certain colleges and shit like that oh i don't didn't do that and then through the investigation it was like tax fraud and shit
1: i believe so i think that's what they are in prison for is like tax tax evasion but they're they're both in prison anyways we're gonna go back to the hills so before we move on though do you believe them that's my question to you is do you believe them do you think that what they are saying could be true
0: not knowing anything more, more about these people. Okay. They're driving, so let's assume they are not under the influence of drugs or alcohol.
1: Exactly. And uh, they're not necessarily, they're not young people either. They seem
0: like normal people.
1: It they weren't in, young.
0: Being in New Hampshire is kind of weird. Because, you know, most of the time, for some reason, it always happens out in the desert. Yeah, I would say it happened. Okay. As of as of now, I would say I would, I could see the plausibility
1: well, we're going to talk about of the this. aftermath. Yeah, we're going to talk about the aftermath of what happened. So arriving home at about dawn, the hills stated that they had some odd sensations and impulses they could not readily explain. Betty insisted their luggage be kept near the back door rather than in the main part of the house. Their watches never worked again. Barney said that the leather strap for the binoculars was torn, though he could not recall it tearing. The toes of his best dress shoes were scraped. Barney said he was compelled to examine his genitals in the bathroom, though he found nothing unusual. And see, that's what I think, like... You know why? When we get more to it... like Radiation. Well, I know, but when we get more into it, like, I think when we get to their um, therapy sessions, they talk about being molested, quote-unquote. Fair
0: enough. So. But, and also the, the big radiation scare of the 60s and 70s? Yes. You know. Yeah. I get that.
1: They took long showers to remove possible contamination and each drew a picture of what they had observed. Perplexed, the Hills say they tried to reconstruct the the chronology of events as they witnessed the UFO and drove home, but immediately after they heard buzzing sounds, their memories became incomplete and fragmented. After sleeping for a few hours, Betty awoke and placed the shoes and clothing she had worn during the drive into her closet, observing that the dress was torn at the hem, zipper, and lining. Later, when she retrieved the items from her closet, she noted a pinkish powder on her dress. She hung the dress on her clothesline and the pink powder blew away, but the dress was irreparably damaged. She threw it away and then changed her mind, retrieved the dress, and hung it in her closet. Over the years, five laboratories have conducted chemical and forensic analy- an- analysis. and
0: a- analyses.
1: Oh my God! <laughs> Over the years, five laboratories have conducted chemical and forensic analysis on the dress. They were there. There were shiny concentric circles on their trunk on their car's trunk that had not been there the previous day. Betty and Barney experimented with a compass, noting that when they moved it close to the spots the needle would whirl rapidly but when they moved it a few inches away from the shiny spots it would drop down.
0: Well that's good I'm glad that they
1: were being kind of logical about
0: it. I wouldn't have taken a shower though I guess in that moment you're like I want to be clean Well clean that's what myself. I think
1: oh you know and and I know it's, it's so like trigger warning I don't know like they tell you not to when you've been raped, molested whatever. Yeah, cuz they, they, they want Sorry. every
0: bit of forensic everything they can take.
1: Right. So they tell you not to, but Now back in the technically, 60s, technically did You technically technically they probably weren't.
0: Yeah, but in the 60s how much really like forensic shit did they have, you know?
1: I, I don't know. I mean, obviously they had enough.
0: But I'm glad that when she noticed like the powder on her dress and his clothes and stuff like that, they were She was like, "Well, let's just toss them." Wait. Wait. Nobody will believe us.
1: Exactly. And I think that's why they were like, "No, we have to keep this stuff because Otherwise, nobody's gonna believe us, and it's the '60s, and we're crazy, and they already don't like us because we're interracial. So, right, <laughs> like we're there, there is it a for whole, right, right. exactly. There's a whole thing like that. They probably had to go through like a whole process of what they thought about doing. So well, obviously, and then, and then with
0: them doing the tests and everything like that, like let's say it even came back as like uranium or borium or anything like that, right? Because you know, radioactive driven nuclear reactor-driven mm-hmm. UFO or whatever, right? How did a social worker and a mailman get uranium?
1: <laughs> exactly. It wouldn't make any sense, man. Exactly.
0: And the uranium and stuff like that would explain why the watches didn't work and why...
1: Right. Those The like, compass certain... not
0: so much. That would be more of, like, um, electromagnetic fields. hmm
1: Which makes sense for UFOs, though, because don't they have... Well, I guess... If you believe it, I guess, don't they mess with, like, EMF fields like and stuff like that? like? Well, I mean,
0: just through, like, the sheer power of it, you can create, like, micro EMPs, I guess? Right. So that would kind of make sense.
1: Yeah, so I don't know.
0: So anyway, so the initial report to the United States Air Force and the NICAP. Walter N. Webb, a Boston astronomer and NICAP member, met with the Hills on October 21st. Firth. <laughs> On October 21st, 1961, in a six-hour interview, the Hills related all they could remember of the UFO encounter. Barney stated that he had developed a mental block and that he suspected there were some portions of the event that he did not wish to remember. His... yeah, okay. He described in detail all that he could remember about the craft and the appearance of somehow not human figures aboard it. Webb stated that they were telling the truth and the incident probably occurred exactly as reported except for some minor uncertainties and technicalities that must be tolerated in such observations where human judgment is involved. Examples are the exact time, length of visibility, apparent sizes of objects, occupants, distance, height of objects, etc.
1: Right. So obviously his mental block. And a lot of people who are sexually assaulted...
0: Or really go through any traumatic event. your Your exactly. brain compartmentalizes and wants to fix it.
1: And you block it out. So, I, personally, I think... I'm not... I don't know if they were really, like, molested, sexually assaulted. I think they were... It was a
0: traumatic event.
1: But I also think that they were looked over. Like, their entire... Like, you know, they their bodies... They were Exa- naked. Examined. Yeah. They were naked and right. they were examined and when anybody touches a part of your body that you don't want them to touch
0: yeah that's the one thing with alien things that i don't really understand is like we're going to anal probe you well that doesn't make any (laughs) sense because you're not going to learn a lot about human anatomy through the butthole no going down your throat 10 times makes 10 times as much sense
1: yeah but they don't know that
0: well if they're this higher being they should well and after the first couple probings for like you know 200 years ago yeah they should be like hey let's try the other hole i don't know that makes sense to me at least
1: Okay, so now we're going to talk about Betty's dreams. She had some weird dreams after the event. Ten days after the alleged UFO encounter, Betty began having a series of vivid dreams, which continued for five successive nights. She stated that she experienced them with a degree of detail and intensity that she had never had before. After the fifth night, they stopped and never recurred, though they occupied her thoughts during the day. When she mentioned them to Barney, he was sympathetic, but not too concerned, and the matter was dropped. Betty did not mention them again to Barney. In November of 1961, Betty began writing down the details of her dreams. In one dream, she and Barney encountered a roadblock and the men who surrounded her their car. She lost consciousness, but struggled to regain it. Then she realized that she was being forced by two small men to walk in a forest at night And of seeing barney walking behind her though when she called to him he seemed to be in a trance or sleepwalking the men stood about five feet to five feet four inches tall and wore matching blue uniforms with caps similar to those worn by military cadets they appeared nearly human with black hair dark eyes prominent noses and bluish lips their skin was a grayish color she and Barney were taken to their car, where the leader suggested that they wait to watch their craft's departure. They did so, and then resumed their drive home.
0: See, that sounds more like the aliens, that m- it makes sense to me. Right. Not little green men. Right, they're gray. They, like, Yeah, that dark, or like a light gray. Mm-hmm. Almost like silver color. Yeah. Because you're supposed to blend with your environment. Yeah. Like, naturally. And then, you know, for them to be green makes absolutely zero sense right
1: like they're gray like the uh aliens from that scary movie movie which scary movie had the aliens in it
0: uh was it the og or was it two
1: i think it was two i don't think it was Were they th- pee out of their fingers yes
0: <laughs> and the president goes hey i do that too <laughs> <laughs> yes. you can obviously see the fucking that's what it reminds me of and i'm i'm so. probably
1: discounting everything that they're saying right now
0: <laughs> i'm curious <laughs> Because a lot of this sounds like the, so like the aliens are describing. Yes. Are the ones from Fallout Three? That is exactly how they modeled. Well. The description of it, at least. Like, hold on.
1: Maybe they did. They probably went through when they were in development of it and was well, like,
0: because Bethesda loves their like, quote unquote accuracy
1: of it. I'm sure they love their history too. And I mean, if you're gonna make a video game, you're gonna you're gonna want to have like some type of accuracy to something. Yeah, that's crazy.
0: So I'm showing her a picture of like one of the... Now, they're a little bit more green, and I think they did that... No, those of... are, like, gold. Well, I mean, like, some of them are there a little bit more green. Oh, yeah. But...
1: But the the only thing that they have, that these... The way that she's... just that Betty is describing them, that they... That I don't... That I haven't ever really seen on aliens is the black hair. So I would like to see, like, a picture of what she thought... We'll or what Barney she saw. thought they were hats. Mm. They were black
0: caps. That's what he described them as. He said that they were black caps. Yeah. Which, yeah, I can see that. Either or. And you gotta remember, this is a dream.
1: Yeah. So it could be different.
0: All right. So missing time. Having read Webb's initial report, Jackson and Homan, 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 had many questions for the Hills. One of their main questions was about the length of the trip. Although the Hills had noted that they had arrived home later than anticipated, the 178-mile drive should have taken about four hours. They did not realize that they had arrived home seven hours after departure from Colebrook. When Homan and Jackson noted the discrepancy to the Hills, the couple had no explanation, a phenomenon ufologists call missing time. The hills claim to recall almost nothing of the 35 miles of US Route 3 between Lincoln, Indian Head, and H- Ashland. Both claimed to recall an image, Fuck. An image. Ooh, an image. <laughs> <laughs> Both claimed to recall an image of a fiery orb sitting on the ground. Betty and Barney reasoned that it must have been the moon, but Hammond and Jackson informed them that the moon had set earlier in the evening. The subject of hypnosis came up. And it was decided that it should be carried out in order to recover previously irretrievable memories. Barney was apprehensive, but thought it might help Betty put to rest what Barney described as the nonsense about her dreams. So I think he was trying to mansplain it and just get over it.
1: Right. So it sounds to me so far like Barney, Barney just wanted the situation to be over with. And Betty had those dreams and she couldn't let it go.
0: Well, Barney was probably like, you know, it solves this. Alcohol.
1: Exactly.
0: (laughs) Forgetting about it and just moving on and calling it good, which is what most guys do. We don't really dwell on a lot of stuff. Yeah. Well, at least guys like me. We don't try to dwell. It's like, time will fix this. No matter what happens, I can distract myself.
1: Well, and maybe that's what Betty tried to do, too. And then 10 days later, she had those dreams for five days straight. And she was probably like...
0: And she's not getting the support from her husband.
1: Exactly. He's probably like, hey, it's okay. Just... Get over it. And then there's not really like... A, I mean, you could talk to a therapist about it, but what therapist is qualified to break this stuff down?
0: Hell, with the amount of money they were probably making in the 60s, they probably couldn't afford a therapist.
1: I mean, yeah, that too. So they probably just went to like the news and stuff like well, cause that.
0: Well, you are got to think. It's the 60s. He's a black man. Yeah. He's being paid less. Yeah. She's a woman. She's being... definitely
1: getting paid less. <laughs> yeah.
0: And they're married. And...
1: People already... People already, like... They're not going to help them. What's the word? They're being ostracized They already. Yeah, they already dismissed pretty much everything that they're saying anyways. They probably didn't want to tell people what happened to begin with. Right. Because they thought people were going to dismiss them, which is why they wanted to keep the evidence. So people would at least somewhat believe them.
0: Well, I think it was more so because they, they, they sent it to labs and had it tested and shit like that. So, I mean...
1: But they probably didn't tell those labs what happened they were probably just sending them to them oh, to be no, like they, what they had is to this tell them yeah I, I, hell i would
0: <laughs> me and you get abducted by aliens yeah i'm like all right keep our clothes we gotta send them to this lab i sent to the lab and it comes back with like bomb residue and like shit that's not made i don't need i don't need secret service showing up at my house going hey man what the fuck
1: oh yeah true
0: i'd much rather be like here are these clothes i was abducted and anally probed by an alien i know you think i'm on acid But this is what happened. And then when it comes back, they're going to be like, whoo. And then Will Smith shows up, men in black style. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Dunzo.
1: Well, I don't. Yeah, I guess. But see, to me, I would have to tell somebody immediately because I would want to be drug tested to prove that I was not under the influence of any drugs, alcohol, anything like that. I would want all of my clothes tested. Yeah, but we could
0: do that now. You think it's the 60s?
1: Yeah, but they could have... they could have what
0: drug test i'm pretty sure coca-cola solid coke in it back then (laughs) not that i don't know man i don't know (laughs) the good shit at least
1: (laughs) okay so there is a private disclosure on november 23rd 1962 the hills attended a meeting at the at the parsonage of their church oh god quite literally oh no where captain eight where Captain Ben H. Sweat of the United States Air Force was a guest speaker. Having had an interest in hypnosis, the Hills approached Sweat privately and related their strange encounter. Sweat was particularly interested in the missing time of the Hills account. The Hills asked if he would hypnotize them to recover their memories, but Sweat declined and cautioned them against going to an amateur hypnotist such as himself.
0: Smart man. With how serious it is. Well, because you're going to think the mind, if you were to mess it up, mm-hmm. you could, like, forever delete it.
1: Yeah. Especially if you're an so, amateur. And obviously, he believed them. Yeah. And because he cautioned them. I mean, obviously, he believed them. And he was like, you need to see somebody who's more qualified than me.
0: Yeah, because if he didn't believe me, <laughs> would be like, get away from me, crazy people.
1: <laughs> Go, on, exactly. Go on, get Go on, Exactly.
0: Okay, so Barney's session. Under hypnosis, as was consented with conscious recall, Barney reported that the binocular strap had broken when he ran from the UFO back to his car. He recalled driving the car away from the UFO, but afterwards, he felt irresistibly compelled to pull off the road and drive into the woods. He eventually sighted six men standing on the dirt road. The car stalled, and three of the men approached the car. They told Barney not to fear them. He was still anxious, however, and he reported that the leader told Barney to close his eyes. While hypnotized, Barney said, I felt like the eyes had pushed into my eyes. Barney described the beings as generally similar to Betty's hypnotic, not dream, recollection. So her recollection while she was hypnotized, not her dreams.
1: Right, which we're going to talk about her session. I'm going to talk about her sessions.
0: The beings often stared into his eyes, said Barney, with a terrifying, mesmerizing effect. Under hypnosis, Barney said things like, Oh, those eyes, they're there in my brain. From his first hypnosis session. And I was told to close my eyes because I saw two eyes coming close to mine. And it felt like the eyes had pushed into my eyes. From his second hypnosis session. So he was very adamant on that. And all I see are these eyes. I'm not even afraid that they're not connected to a body. They're just there. They're just up close to me pressing against my eyes. While Betty reported a conversation with the quote unquote leader in English... Barney said that he heard them speaking in a mumbling language he did not understand. But he also mentioned this detail. The few times they communicated with him, Barney said it seemed to be thought transference at the time. He was unfamiliar with the word telepathy.
1: Well, that makes sense. So, Okay,
0: so with hypnosis, you can't really... The theory, because I don't really believe in it, but <laughs> the theory is you can't lie. You can't change it. It's exactly how your brain interpreted and stored it, right? Right. So for them to have the exact same details... Right. The exact same everything means that it happened.
1: And to me, so what the eyes thing... So if you've ever had... I know you haven't because you don't have eye issues. I used to. I, I still do. My astigmatism is very bad. Sorry, I'm just a perfect being. <laughs> and so... And if, if you have astigmatism, then you would you understand my feeling of not being able to see anything when it's very dark and the lights, the street lights are so very bright. So anyways, so to me, like, so, OK, my point is, if you ever had an eye exam done, then you have like the I'm doing hand motions. You can't see me, but I'm trying to like like the big it's a big gray machine and they press it up to your to your to your face. So and they you,
0: shoot air into it.
1: No, oh, they just look at it. So you you, you bring it up to your face and you have these holes for your eyes. And pretty much like for me, they always used it to be like better one, better two, better one, better two, like that type thing. So they could get like a thing. And it's like so close to your face. It's literally like you have to like set your chin on the thing. And then your eyes are just like rested into Bro, that it. sounds awful. It is awful because they have to also put the dye in it and everything. So, but to me, from what he's explaining, like the eyes were just so Die close to... your m- eye? Dye, yeah. Like, it's awful. You're not supposed to drive afterwards, but I always do. So anyways.
0: <laughs> do not. This is why you don't drive when I'm in the car.
1: <laughs> so, but that's what I feel like, that's what it reminds me of is like when you're getting an eye exam for glasses and... uh you Have that thing pressed up to your face, but instead of seeing, like, you know, like numbers and a doctor being there and being like, better one, he's better look, two, he's
0: looking into the pitch blackness of these guys' eyes. The,
1: yes, yeah, so he it's like that, like there's something up against his face, but what he sees in front of him is eyeballs. That's what I picture when he's saying, They're so close to me, they're so close to me, especially that they were like pushing into his eyes because those machines. They could almost touch her. They like touch her yeah, eyelashes. But he's eyelashes. talking about
0: their eyes being pushed into his eyes. So would it be them examining him, or was he hyperventilating, freaking out? Probably While that they were too. trying to calm him down.
1: Could very well be that too.
0: And getting all up in his grill.
1: Probably that too. I don't know. So, okay. So we have Betty Sessions. So Betty Sessions, under hypnosis, Betty's account was similar to her five dreams about the UFO abduction, with some notable differences mainly pertaining to her capture and release. Also, the technology on the craft was different. The short men differed significantly in physical appearance, and the sequential order of the abduction differed. Barty and Benny's memories in hypnotic regression were, however, consistent with one another. So Simon's conclusion, Simon um, was the hypnosis, the hypnotist. Right he concluded that when the series of hypnosis sessions were complete simon wrote an article about the hills for the journal Psychi- for the journal psychiatric opinion explaining his conclusion that the case was a singular psychological aberration
0: meaning what uh,
1: i don't know look up what that means cuz i don't know what a singular psychological aberration is
0: it's funny when you google singular psychological aberration everything is about the 1961 ufo abduction Mm -hmm.
1: okay so another word for aberration is like a physiological disease disorder or defect so to me it sounds like he's saying that they had a moment of like mental illness like their mental illnesses like came about i don't know
0: Okay, so a mental aberration is a pathological deviation from normal thinking, particularly as a symptom of a mental or emotional disorder. So you're telling me that... So he
1: pretty much just called them crazy.
0: He said that they have some type of psychological issue, both of them. Like, what are the chances?
1: What are the chances that that literally they just said... Betty's and Betty and Barney's memories and hypnotic regression were consistent with one another. So how did two chop, separate people and they chopped
0: it up to? Well, they both just have a fucking psychological disease.
1: How did two different people in two different sessions by themselves
0: government cover up?
1: Definitely, totally because
0: because you can't. They they come from very obvious different backgrounds. Very. She's a woman. He's a man. Difference. They're probably age different. Difference. I Occupations mean, Occupations are different. Thought,
1: unless they thought that these people, Betty and Barney, they they thought that they were at home one day and were like, let's come up with this crazy ass story. Let's get it straight on the dot every time. And then we're going to go find this pink powder and we're going to send it off to the lab and tell these people that this is what happened to us. Like, how do you just... People can do just think, conjugate that up.
0: Do you think betty's testimony fucked everything up i
1: don't know to me it seems like barney was the more skeptical one
0: right and so it would be like with how skeptical i am versus you right if we actually saw a ghost we actually saw aliens
1: right Or we we, claim to be abducted
0: and we went to your mother or my mother or our friends or whoever (laughs) and you said it and then i'm behind you going yeah bro this shit happened I feel like I'd be more concrete because I'm so, no, nah, it's nothing. Don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. So with her having the five dreams, mm-hmm. making it a super big deal, being, I don't want to say dramatic about it, but having more.
1: I think she was, I don't think she was being dramatic. I think she was just worried. Right, right,
0: right. But with his, his things in both of his hypnotic sessions were the exact same both times. Right. Hers were not. Hers changed. Yes. And were different from his. So I'm curious if her, But he didn't
1: have the dream.
0: No, no, no. Just the hypnotic sessions. Screw the dreams. The dreams were her, it was her brain compartmentalizing. Let's just talk about the, hip, the hypnosis session. So, his were the same both times. Mm-hmm. The exact same. Hers were different both times, and both times did not match his. I feel like Betty's testimony messed it up. Yeah. But it's still bullshit chopping it down to, well, they're both just having, you know... Yeah, but... They're both schizophrenic. Just because they're hers, both, you know, whatever.
1: Just because hers was a little bit different could mean a number of things one that she's she remembered something else her brain the fact that i think barney's brain was like super compartmentalized it and he shut it off when betty couldn't and betty when she had those dreams after that i feel like some stuff started to come back to her
0: well and she also never walked up to the ufo no he did Right. But they claimed both to have been abducted in the woods.
1: And the, because in the beginning they also said that there were, there were like eight to ten humanoid beings. And then in both of the therapy sessions or the hypnosis sessions. It was
0: six. It was six
1: each. Six. So
0: I think. Well, I could see four, three to four people staying on the ship. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. But, and it could also be, not discounting Betty, but do the aliens have a way of, okay, if they can speak telepathically, as he claimed, and he claimed it, Can he didn't even know what tele, uh, telepathy was. Right.
1: He, he Could they pretty much change
0: ex- their appearance to not scare the person? So like him being, them seeing him as a male, right? Mm-hmm. And, oh, he's a man. So it wouldn't scare him for us to have black caps, black fucking cloaks on. Right. We look like any government, any any guy walking down the street, whatever.
1: Right. And she saw it with black hair, right?
0: With black hair, and they were shorter, smaller men, so now shorter, smaller men with black hair are obviously less intimidating to Betty. Yeah. And as a mailman, he probably sees guys in black hats and black coats all the time because he's right. a fucking mailman. He works for the government. And I wonder I if that might play into it,
1: just a hair. I but know. But I feel
0: like her testimony kind of, I feel like just because of the inconsistencies of it. Maybe. Even if they were completely different, but they were, because he was rock solid twice and she wasn't. I right. feel like it hurt just a little bit. Right. And the other thing is, on all these reports, who had their hand in writing all these reports?
1: Exactly. Did they
0: change it up to make her look like, quote unquote, crazy? oh, she's just a dramatic woman?
1: Right. I don't know.
0: Because obviously she's not crazy. Her husband believes her.
1: Well, yeah. And she believes her husband. Right. So.
0: And they save the clothes. And they have all the evidence. And right. the time doesn't match up. Right. And yeah. So obviously she's not a, quote unquote, crazy woman. No. All right, so the post-hypnosis publicity and Betty's death. The Hills went back to their regular lives. They were willing to discuss the alleged UFO encounter with friends, family, and the occasional UFO researcher. But the Hills apparently made no effort to seek publicity. Okay, so obviously they didn't do it for, you know, attention or
1: whatever. No, they just wanted to see what... I think they wanted to see, one, if they were crazy and if anybody would believe them. But they didn't do it for fame.
0: Right, like they ate bad food or whatever and went got sick or some shit, right? Right. So on October 25th, 1965, a front page story in the Boston Traveler asked UFO Chiller, did they seize couple? Reporter John H Luttrell of the Traveler had allegedly been giving an audio tape recording of the lecture the Hills had made in Quincy Center in the late night in late 1963. LaTrell learned that the Hills had undergone hypnosis with Simon. He also obtained notes from the confidential interviews the Hills had given to UFO investigators. On October 26, the United Press International or UPI picked up LaTrell's story and the Hills earned international attention. In 1966, Writer John G. Fuller secured the cooperation of the Hills and Simon and wrote the book, The Interrupted Journey, about the case. The book included a copy of Betty's sketch of the star map. The book was a quick success and went through several printings. Barney died of a cerebral hemorrhage on February 25, 1969, at the age of 46, after which Betty went on to become a celebrity in the UFO community. She died of cancer on October 17th, 2004, at age 85, never having remarried. GG. Yeah. Well, I mean, how could you? No. How, how can you top? Yeah, me and my last husband were abducted together.
1: <laughs> well, everybody and... else probably thought she was crazy.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's fair.
1: Like, they really probably thought she was crazy, and she probably. I don't know. So, obviously, they were okay with the book being written. Like,.
0: Well, they probably didn't have a chance and they probably talked it out and was like, all right, we need to, we need to put our voice out there so that we control the media coverage. Right. It.
1: They wanted to make sure that...
0: Versus secondhand accounts and people talking bad about them and stuff like that. It's, or all
1: the reports that they done right. with the, the sessions and stuff were not fudged. Right. Like, in any way. Okay. So obviously there were people who did not believe what happened to them. So we're going to talk about the rebuttal. Of everything that happened to them too and i wanted to add this in here because one i believe them i i believe the hills and i think that you know obviously there are some people who don't believe them so there are
0: i am more surprised they did not put what they found on their clothes yeah what that... if it was bullshit be like oh it was borax right or it was lime juice right or it was salt
1: But none of that ever came about. So what happened to that? So they never... I bet it went to freaking Area 51 and they are trying to still figure out what it is.
0: (laughs) Oh, dang. What? Well, there's the dress.
1: Wow. Oh, wow. So it's like very pink. So the dress that she had on was brown, right? Is that what what it looks like? I think it's like
0: pink or purple. There's the torn zipper. Okay. So here's all the documentation of it. Wow. The fabric is... Okay, hold on. This needs to be added in this. Okay. The fabric appears to be coated with a biologically derived material which is composed of mostly protein, both water-soluble lower molecule weight and insoluble higher molecule weight, and a small amount of natural ester-type oil. There is evidence that this material originally contained moisture. This material is predominantly present on the discolored swaths of clothes that they tested. This evidence shows the substance originates from an external source, so it was thrown onto it or whatever. There is indication that the pH is more acidic than the control, so they tested it with something else, obviously, to see what it was. Okay, this was the conclusions from one of the reports that they did. A natural oil and protein substance are coating primarily the exterior surface of the dress and better reports a most unpleasant, unidentifiable odor on the craft. I offer a speculation that this odor could have emanated from the, from the craft occupants and could be a result of natural body elimination of oils and respiratory agents. These transferred to the dress on contact. The pink areas are most profound around the top of the dress, especially on the sleeve. The moist, damp biological components found on the dress were probably also on Betty's skin, causing her to feel clammy and dirty,
1: which is why she showered.
0: Ironically enough, the exact same biological substance was found in the 1950 famous Flatwoods case in West Virginia.
1: Wow <laughs> From the
0: alien from the Flatwoods monster. Wow. A lot of uh, he's saying that it's just moisture from her body that turned it pink that turned the purple cloth pink. It was solely from oil and stuff like that.
1: That doesn't make any sense either though. You don't sweat and it turned pink. No. Because even if even if she had taken let's say she had taken a shower before they left and she had ta she had used some type of soap or oil or whatever on her skin, they would have been able to break that down if that was the case and figure out what it also was. So there's no way. Right. They would have been able to break it down and be like, Oh yeah, this is this is Irish Spring soap or this is Bath and Body Works soap or Whatever, like, they would have been able to break it down.
0: So then they found a bunch of, like, hair. Like, they went, like, hardcore.
1: Well, you're going to have to send me that link. Yeah,
0: so you can put it with this story. It's called documents.theblackfault.com. And they have all the pictures. They have all the microscopes. They have all the references. It's 47 pages of the data.
1: He's going to send me that link, and I will put it in the episode description. I'll put it on Facebook and everything, too, when I post about the episode. So
0: Yeah, so they're saying that most of the stuff found on her clothes was amide, which is typical of protein, a celluloid material. It's not chemically modified, and they say it references either cotton or tissue paper.
1: So it could have come off of her dress.
0: Nitride, or nitrile-containing component 2 am- uh, Same thing, like again, nitride gloves and stuff like that.
1: Uh, yeah, we, we have nitrile gloves Again,
0: work. more celluloid material. See, they're just saying that it's like proteins and stuff like that. So, and this is what the possible sources are. You're going to want to love to hear this. Oh, God. So the first one was her sweating on it.
1: But sweat... Okay.
0: Hold on. I know. <laughs> The uh, celluloid material. Yes. Was from cotton or tissue paper.
1: Okay, so they just broke that down because what if she was wearing a cotton dress? Like.
0: It was not. They have what it is in here. What is it? It's a silk dress. Right? The nitrile was found in certain pieces of the other clothing, so they think that it was just from manufacturing, even though this dress has been worn and washed. So I think it's bullshit, personally. Wow. The um, fibers that they found. Yes. Pet hair. That's what they chopped it up to be. Other stuff that they found, possible dust or soap, and everything else was dust. Dust. That's what they are saying that this woman had, and discolored her dress. And when I tell you that this dress is like a royal purple, and it went from a royal purple to a sun-faded pink-blue color, that is the description the best description that I can give you, and I'm gonna
1: put the link in the uh, on Facebook and in the show notes so that you can look at it yourself. Please, please take a look at it and look at it, I it mean, yourself. This,
0: this has to be legit because this even has the uh, the breakdown of like the infrared spectrums of what they found and stuff like that. It's hardcore, man. Wow. Yeah. But no, I'm. Uh... <laughs> that <laughs>
1: makes everything ten times more skeptical. I feel personally. That this whole thing, everybody in this situation, everybody who dealt with this case think that they are just crazy. And they wanted to prove them wrong and dismiss them so much. Hold
0: on. They went through. The water that was on the dress did not match anything that they were around. Okay. They also found in her dress certain chemicals found in poly, dime, whatever, the big one chloroform. So a lot of the chemicals on her dress are also found in chloroform solvent.
1: And you you know, they did not know how to make chloroform.
0: Chloroform was a very good medicinal thing for children in the
1: 1900s. But they don't have any children.
0: Yeah, you know, I don't know,
1: man. They didn't have any children.
0: Well, the good thing is the guy that uh, did this or whatever whichever lab this came from PA right. uh, Budinger believes that the inconsistencies with the test Mm -hmm. everything like relates to things that are on earth or that they could be around right but with the addition of everything it doesn't make sense
1: so he's skeptical
0: yeah he's like hey here's the science this is what here's here's real world shit It, it don't it's not adding up
1: like it's not adding up to where what they were around or where they were like the the geographical area that they were in or like them as people it doesn't add up like i don't what
0: He's just saying that he hopes it adds some resolve to her story, whichever way that this data helps her. Either to prove or disprove it.
1: Wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, well, at least then that, okay, so I take back a little bit of what I said. Because at least now we know that the guy who tested it, the lab that tested it, says, what well, doesn't really make any sense either. So.
0: Yeah, because at the very end, he his dedication is to her. And he's like, I dedicate this work to Betty Hill. She is a delightful, feisty, tiny lady with a wonderful sense of humor. I admire her gigantic resolve and Moxie to stand up against her critics. I hope this analysis will provide her some redemption in kind.
1: Oh, stop it. I've been so freaking emotional. Stop it. Oh my gosh.
0: So yeah, I mean, however it goes, either way, if you believe it or you don't believe it. I mean I mean looking at the infrared stuff, it's showing yeah. Pretty good. Yeah.
1: So. So now I guess we can move on to the uh rebuttal. Dude,
0: okay, hold on. This report was done in 2003, one year before she died.
1: Wow. So
0: he did all this. He did this report. I think this was a rehash of. I'm going to go back and double check. And see what they mm, found or did. Maybe didn't they
1: were find. working on like a cold case or something.
0: Well, because like you know, ob- well she became famous, right? So obviously she got screwed or gypped by everybody else, and she kept the dress. Wow. She, she kept the dress, and he was like, "Give me the dress." And we her the wow. Thing. And she's eighty, dying of cancer. She's probably like, "Fuck send it."
1: So, okay, so maybe he did get a chance to tell her before she died. Well, I guess. I hope he did.
0: And he did not say, you know, is it alien? Is it foreign? Can it right. be explained? You know, the only thing he said was this is what's found, this is what it is this is the science behind it, this is what I found on it
1: because
0: mm-hmm. she obviously never wore the dress ever again it just sat in a closet in the right. bag. like she stated, you know, she put it in the closet right? and yes, it could have had pet hair on it if she had pets later on or Maybe. Or whatever. Mm,
1: you know what, yeah probably. You
0: know, that makes sense, sorry I'm trying to read I'm trying oh, to no, that's not- <laughs> pages of it um, but yeah, you know, as a scientist he's probably Here's all the stuff. Yeah. And he's not saying it was chloroform. It's like this stuff is normally found predominantly. Well, he could in have went year. back.
1: Yeah, he could have went back because obviously technology changes. So he probably had more access to stuff of like being able to break it down and find out well, what it infrared is. Well, the info
0: and graphs and stuff like that. He, and you look at it and it shows that like, it's actually. hmm So he's like, oh, yeah, it's probably this. Okay. But it's this, but it can be found in a thousand different things. Right. But in 1960, what would have been found in? Oh, like chlorophyll. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
1: So this first sentence of the rebuttal of the Hills account uh, should make everybody a little mad. It should tick some people off because it ticks me off. Psychiatrists later suggested that the supposed abduction was a hallucination brought on by the stress of being an interracial couple in the early 1960s United States. That is bullshit. To me. I can see that. I can see it, but it's bullshit.
0: We're having problems with an interracial couple? Aliens. Exactly. Because that logic makes so much sense. It does.
1: It just... It's...
0: Whatever. Wouldn't they hallucinate more about... So, like... What? I
1: don't know. Jim McDonald, a resident of the area in which the Hills claim to have been abducted, has produced a detailed analysis of their journey, which concludes that the episode was provoked by their misperceiving an aircraft warning beacon on Cannon Mountain as a UFO. I, this I, this is why I wanted to put this in here because this makes no sense to me and it makes me mad. So, <laughs> McDonald's notes McDonald notes that from the road the Hills took, The beacon appears and disappears at exactly the same time the Hills describe the UFO as appearing and disappearing. The remainder of this experience is ascribed ascribed to stress, sleep deprivation, and false memories recovered, quote unquote, under hypnosis. After reading McDonald's recreation, UFO expert Robert Schaefer writes that the Hills are the quote-unquote poster children for not driving when sleep-deprived.
0: <laughs> but how sleep-deprived were they for them to have gone home, gotten undressed? Okay. Hold on, hold on. Unpacked the car, got undressed, showered, threw stuff away, went, no, don't do that, we need this for evidence, took it back out, and then went, okay, we're good.
1: Right. Well, hold on.
0: I sleep-deprived, I've been sleep-deprived. It's not, you don't do don't think that. you don't that one-track mind.
1: No, hold on. They were driving... Hold on a second. We're going to figure this out in a minute. Because I'm going to see... I want to see how long of a drive it is from... You looked it up? No, it's in the story. Oh. Oh, You (laughs) read your story.
0: Four hours, (laughs) they got home at seven. That's right. They
1: were missing three hours. Okay. So, you're telling me, I've driven for longer than four freaking hours. I drove six hours to freaking Myrtle Beach. That's what I'm saying. And I still wasn't sleep-deprived. Like...
0: But no, no, this is what I'm saying, right? So, and, and they can attest for this, because they both said it, and they, they know this is accurate. You are sleep deprived. You, you're you assuming, you're sleep depriving you're assuming you just got to put the bayonets. Right. And you're that tired, that you're hallucinating. Yeah. You get home, you have a conversation with your significant other of, we're not putting the luggage in the middle of the house, we're going in the back door in case they come back. Right. To, let's get naked, let's shower, let's throw the clothes away. Hold on, let's not throw the clothes away, let's take them back out. We need it for evidence, in case there's anything on it. Right. And then we need to start calling people tomorrow morning. And then waking up going, yeah, we need to call people tomorrow morning.
1: And then also adding in the fact that they drove for four hours. Like, you, there's no way that you drive for four hours and then you still have the thought process to do all of that in that order. And no. then
0: being sleep deprived is working a 12 hour shift like I did. Yeah. Driving from D.C. here, which is like seven hours. Yeah. I think it's like seven. It's like six and change.
1: I think it's like six and a half, yeah.
0: Getting home, putting your phone in the refrigerator, your (laughs) socks on the sink, and going to sleep.
1: Did you do that? Yes.
0: (laughs) That's sleep deprivation. That's not, oh, I saw aliens, and I'm going to have a rational conversation about this with my fucking significant other.
1: I mean, I was sleep deprived one time, and I. uh...
0: No, I opened the fridge. Obviously, wanted a drink. <laughs> I forgot it was like yeah, I gotta charge my phone. Put phone in the refrigerator. Went to sleep.
1: <laughs> was the phone okay? Oh yeah, it was fine. <laughs> I was sleep deprived one time. I got up. I was so hungry for breakfast, so I got something to eat, and I needed milk. And I, I poured me a glass of milk. And I was so tired that I put I cut the cup that I got out of the cabinet. So mind you, like the cabinet in my mom's house, you know, right. cabinet yeah. next to the fridge. I. <laughs> <laughs> I, I took the cup out of the cabinet, poured myself milk, put the and had left the cabinet door open, put the milk in the cabinet, shut the door, and then and back to sleep. sleep.
0: Right. You don't sit and there. And my mom kind of was just like, a, well,
1: why is there milk in the cabinet?
0: Right. You're not having a rationalized conversation when you wake no. up. You're not like, oh, yeah, I did that the last night. The things you
1: do when you're sleep deprived are not rational at all. Right.
0: And when you woke up and your mom was like, why is there a in the cabin? You were like, oh, yeah, I did that last night because I'm
1: retarded. No, I went, oh, I don't know.
0: Yeah, you went, I don't know why it's in there. And then you start thinking it back and you're like, damn, I was kind of hungry for
1: cereal.
0: <laughs> I was hungry for cereal
1: last she night. She probably remembers when she listens to this. She'll probably be like, oh, yeah, I remember that.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're not, no. No. <laughs> it's not a secret information how much they paid this guy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't trust the government, is it? So,
1: exactly.
0: All right, skeptical Inquirer columnist Robert Schaefer wrote I was present at the National UFO Conference in New York City in 1980 at which Betty presented some of the UFO photos she had taken. She showed what must have been far more than 200 slides mostly of blips, blurs and blobs against a dark background. They were supposed to be UFOs coming in close chasing her car, landing, etc. After her talk had exceeded about twice its allotted time, Betty was literally jeered off of the stage by been at first a sympathetic audience. This incident, witnessed by many of the UFOlogy's leaders and top activists, removed any lingering doubts about Betty's credibility. She had none yet. Hold on. In 1995, Betty Hill wrote a self-published book, A Common Sense Approach to UFOs. It is filled with delusional stories, such as seeing entire squadrons of UFOs in flight and a truck levitating above the freeway. Now this, this I can see. I think this is excessive. So,
1: hold on a second. So, can you... I need you to break this down for me. And maybe somebody else who might not understand. Okay, so
0: 1980. Yes. Her husband's dead. Yes. Psychological break. She's now alone. And nobody believes her. Yeah. I believe that that is a psychological break.
1: That. But not... No, 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 no.
0: I think this, all the 200 pictures, all that shit. I think she's sitting there digging in, like, please believe me. She's now... Mm -hmm. She's doing whatever she can to get people to believe her on this. And she's alone. So the one person that did believe her in the world... Is dead. Is dead. And she lost her husband at the same time because they're the same person. Right. And she's alone and nobody else believes her. So now she's having a psychological break of, I'm going to make people believe me no matter how delusional
1: I Especially was. after the book.
0: Right. Because a truck levitating above the freeway, squadron of UFOs and flight. No, this, this is... It's, it's Her brain is trying to fix the fact that she lost her husband...
1: The and fact then, that she had this whole incident happen to her and that hardly right. nobody believes them.
0: Right. She's having a psychological
1: break. Yes. Schaefer. And he he took that and fucking ran with
0: it. And went, oh, because she's having a psychological break now because of all the things that have happened, mm-hmm. everything is discredited from here on out.
1: Yeah. So, so that's he, not how it works. No, so. he waited until she literally was at a breaking point and took it and ran with it
0: be the same instance saying that Stephen Hawking was completely wrong about everything that he wrote if he got dementia two years before he died. <sighs> everything before then is completely discredited because he has dementia now. That's pretty much what they did to this girl. Lady. Yeah. Woman. Yeah. it's It's, no, it's not cool. Schaefer later wrote that as late as 1977, Betty Hill would go on UFO vigils at least three times a week. Obsessive. One evening, she was joined by UFO enthusiast John Oswald. When asked about Betty's continuing UFO observations, Oswald stated, She is not really seeing UFOs, but she is calling them that. Psychological break, for sure. On the night they went out together, Miss Hill was unable to distinguish between a landed UFO and a streetlight. In a later interview, Schaefer recounts that Betty Hill wrote, UFOs are a new science, and our science cannot explain them. Robert Schaefer released 48 pages of archived documents relating to Betty and Barney Hill, Benjamin Simon and Philip J. Class on the internet on December 23rd, 2015.
1: So she's long been dead and you write this freaking... See, this is why I wanted to add this in there because it should piss everybody off. So... <laughs> because I don't like this. Like, and okay...
0: Well, okay, hold on. You gotta look at it from his point of view though, right? This is his hobby. This is his life. This is UFOs. This is what he believes in. And then, I do believe this one Yeah. Went. She was not. Right. She went crazy. And it's making everything that this man has worked for his entire life look bad. Whether he believed her or not, whether he's a dickhead or not, it's, she's wrong. Right. And at this point in time, she is now wrong.
1: Yeah, because in the 80s, she would have been in her 60s. And And she went to Seattle. In in 77, she would have been in her 70s. No,
0: she died in 2004 at the age of 87. Okay. Okay, so she was in her
1: sixties, and then she's—he's like, unable to distinguish between a landed UFO and a streetlight. Okay, right. so what are you? Hold on a second, though, because what are you trying to? What are you using other than the streetlight? So what? What is the other thing that you're trying to, like, help her distinguish between? Like, how are you trying? to well, They might to do not this? have been. They might
0: have just been out somewhere, like stargazing, looking for UFOs. Oh, and
1: she probably was. Like, and she's probably oh, look like, like the there's, there's one right there.
0: It's right in front of us. And he's like, no, that's 3rd Street. <sniffs> like, calm down. And she's like, no, that's a UFO. I know it's a UFO. There's six of them right there. Yeah. And it makes, it. She, if people start believing her, because she is an author and she has books written about her and she's famous. Yeah. Well, you take one example, her, and you're reading it and you're like, oh, UFOs aren't real. Everybody that's into UFOs is dumb and wrong. Yeah. So the whole community has to turn on her now. Because she is wrong, and she is senile, and she is old, going, don't listen to this woman, she's crazy.
1: Yeah, I still don't like it. It is what it is.
0: I I still don't like it. Do you protect her, or do you protect the truth? I protect
1: the truth. You get thrown
0: at us. Sorry is what it is. She's dead now. It's not going to affect her anymore.
1: No, what?
0: And that's the thing. If you notice, he didn't publish it until she was dead. Long after
1: she was dead. Nine years. And it was probably kept
0: getting brought up. Or no, up. 11 years. And it probably kept getting brought up. Community of, hey, I know you think you believe in UFOs, and you have great footage, you have great evidence, you have great science behind it, this chick right here, man, y'all stand behind her, and she's making y'all look bad, which means if, that, if y'all believe in that, and we have people standing next to her saying they're streetlights, it discredits everything that you're saying. And you're sitting there with 4K, 1080p footage of a UFO, and you getting molested by aliens and stuff like that, you have to throw it under the yeah. To save the real shit. That's I don't know. better.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I still believe their story. I think it's weird.
0: Oh, I totally think it happened. And I think a lot of people are trying to discredit it because it's a fucking cover-up like it always is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the world is still not ready for I think UFOs. She,
1: went, she went a little crazy, one, because... No, I'm not discrediting her because she went crazy. I am saying she went crazy because her husband died. And I don't mean like crazy crazy. Like, I mean just like... I think she lost her mind a little bit because she lost her husband and then she is alone. She never remarried. So she is sitting in a house alone for years. And you know she's sitting there obsessing over it anyways. She was obsessing over it before she was publicly obsessing over it. She was privately obsessing over it and then she was publicly obsessing over it. So you know she's going through like the motions of like... Well maybe this happened and, and 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 she's trying to recall stuff that happened and it I think she I think she drove herself insane trying to remember what happened and then she didn't have the love of her life literally like she didn't have him there to help credit anything that she was saying anymore so right. I don't know do I believe that the story actually happened yes, I do not like the fact that they tried to rebuttal but I guess now that you break it down, it's like oh, okay, it makes sense, but I still don't like it. No,
0: and it's <laughs> kind of it's kind of sad. They did have it.
1: Oh, they did. Look.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. She uh, she she went a little great. there at the end after her husband died. Yeah. I don't think she was crazy. I think she was upset. What's the seven stages of grief?
1: Bargaining. Bargaining. Says so denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. She was probably in the bargaining, and she was probably begging people to believe her right so i don't know i hope you guys thought that it was interesting because i knew about the story before but i wanted to do like a ufo story because i don't think we've ever really done one oh, yeah yeah we haven't so um yeah so you got you got an alien story under your belt now and um of course you know you can always leave the comments on Facebook and stuff, whether you know you believe it, you can send us emails if you know more information about it. If you have any more information, uh, I'm gonna get him to send me that link so that I can put it in the show notes tomorrow when I edit and everything. Yeah, you've seen her
0: map too. Oh no. Oh her map's good.
1: Yeah, the star map.
0: Yeah, so they cross they cross-referenced what she drew. She said, This is exactly what I saw on their map. Yes. And she sent it in yes. to the astronomy people. Cross-referenced it with the one that they actually have that was not publicly released. Wow. So the top one's hers. Yeah. The bottom one's the real one.
1: Wow. That's pretty
0: accurate. It's pretty much the exact same, with the exception of the two levels Pretty good. Yeah. In the newer computer-generated one, is a little better, obviously. But yeah, man, a lot of people believe her, and if not, they're doing a lot to discount this. World. And her husband, the Hills. Well, well obviously, anybody.
1: obviously, people there are. Have to that going
0: to. See, and then, like, this article is only
1: focusing on the map. Well, there's a whole section on Wikipedia about the map. Like... oh, I'm on astronomy.com. Oh, no. Okay. <clears throat> so, I can read this. So, in 1968, Marjorie Fish of Oak Harbor, Ohio, read Fuller's book, Interpreted Journey. Fish was an elementary school teacher and an, astrono- an amateur astronomer. Intrigued by the star map... Fish wondered if it might be deciphered to determine which star system the UFO came from. Assuming that one of the 15 stars in the map, what must represent Earth's sun, Fish constructed a three-dimensional model of nearby sun-like stars using thread and beads, basing stellar distances on those published in the 1969 Gillespie Star Catalog. Studying thousands of vantage points over several years, the only one that seemed to match the hill map was was from the viewpoint of the double star system of Zeta Reticuli, which is about 39 light years from Earth. Fish sent her analysis to Webb. Agreeing with her conclusions, Webb sent the map to Terence Dickinson, editor of the magazine Astronomy. Dickinson, Dickinson did not endorse Fish and Webb's conclusion, but for the first time in the journal's history, Astronomy invited comments and debate on a UFO report starting with an opening article on the December 17, 1974 issue. For about a year afterward, the Opinions page of astronomy carried arguments for and against Fish's star map. Notable was an argument made by Carl Sagan and Stephen Soder arguing that the star map was a little more than a random alignment of chance points. In an episode of Cosmos in 1980, Sagan demonstrated that without the lines drawn in the maps, the Hills map bore no resemblance to the real-life map. In contrast, those more favorable to the map such as David Saunders, a, statistic, a statistician statistician, who had been on the Condon UFO study disagreed. Saunders claimed that a match among 16 stars of the specific spectral type among the 1,000 stars nearest the sun is, quote, at least 1,000 to 1 against. In the early 1990s, the European Hipparchos mission, which measured the distances to more than 100,000 stars around the sun more accurately than ever before, showed that some of the stars in Fish's interpretation of the map were in fact much further away than previously thought. Other research revealed that some stars counted by Fish as likely to host life would have had to be excluded by her own criteria, with some stars which had been discounted by Fish have been recognized as potential abodes for life. Results such as these led Fish herself to reject her hypothesis in a public statement.
0: Right. But a lot of people, even astronomy, because that is this new article that I was reading uh-huh says that uh, the coincidence uh-huh. is more probable. Okay. They stand behind Betty and say that, yeah, there's no way. that She had to have seen something to even get remotely close to that, like the statistician we, said. Yeah, that's what they said. They said but that she's complete, very close. But a, a hoax is impossible. The only thing that they're fighting her on, on the space side of it, Uh So she says that in her map, the ones that have solid lines are trade routes, Mm -hmm. which how she would know that, I don't know, because they obviously didn't have that conversation. (laughs) And the ones with dotted lines are like excursions. Right. Like, hey, you know, we're going to go there sometime. Well, one of them's our son and... Um, You can't visit that. Yeah. So what the astronomy people are kind of inferring or assuming is, hey, they're not talking about our sun. They're talking about our solar system. Right. The sun's solar system. Right. They're coming to the sun. Well, what's habitable to look at at near the sun? Us. We're the only ones. Right. There's no living beings on any other planet or celestial body near us. Right. So they're like, eh, could it be a coincidence? Probably. They can't say it's true or false or whatever. Right. Because how the hell would she have drawn that map without knowing? Exactly. And in the 60s, it wasn't real common for that stuff, so.
1: No, so.
0: So, believe it if you want to, believe it if you don't.
1: Yeah. And like I said, I'll add um, some articles in the show notes that you guys can look at so that you can see the maps, you can see, like, that article the 47 pages
0: of the chemical testing on her dress yep
1: what the dress looked like what you know everything that they tested looked like and the breakdown of what they found and all of that stuff so i'll make sure to add all of that in there for you guys so that you guys can see it since i know i took down the pictures and stuff off the website so you can't go there anymore right so but other than that, I mean, I got all my information. All of this information was from Wikipedia. Even a part, even the part about the the map that I just read, like all of that is from Wikipedia. So, um, but other than that, uh, I'm feeling better. He's feeling better. He's not sick anymore. So, yeah. we'll see you next week. We'll see you next time. And uh, yeah, that's it. Okay, bye.
0: Be cool. Thanks for coming to hang out with us and letting us tell you stories.
1: Don't forget, you can find us on social media, Facebook and Instagram at 3AMTalesOfTerror. You can find pictures from each episode there, as well as our website, 3, the number 3, 3AMTalesOfTerror.com.
0: You can also subscribe with your email at our website for updates as well. If you have questions or story ideas for us, you can email us at info at 3AMTalesOfTerror.com.
1: If you want to support us, you can sign up to become part of our Patreon. There, you will get ad-free episodes as well as bonus content.
0: We hope you'll join us next week.
1: And And we we hope hope you are are terrified. terrified.